1: Logan, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa podcast brought to you by the good folks at uh, Bet Rivers. Remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, play Sugar House in Connecticut, and it is derby time, which means Brad Thomas joins us. Brad, welcome. How are you?
0: I'm great, Mike. How are you? Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. You know, um, uh, 50 years. Uh, since Secretariat, I'm sure people will see a lot on uh, Secretariat this week. As a matter of fact, I had a couple of calls that uh, asked me to do some things and just uh, retrospective on uh, Secretariat, but amazingly, 50 years since the horse that uh, just, I gather, uh, made a lot of racing fans and you know and uh, put on a performance for the ages uh Proved you could win the Triple Crown, but also uh, in one of the great performances of all time. Broke the track record. What people don't realize, broke the track record in the Derby, the Preakness, and set the world record in the Belmont Stakes. So 50 years ago. So remarkable how uh, time has flown. So 149th Derby. Uh, what's your overall thought, Brad, on, on the field?
0: I think it's uh, – we, and we say this every year, it seems, because – these horses don't run enough. They don't run enough at two. They don't run enough at three. We don't see a whole lot of them. So it's hard to get a bead for how good each derby field is really until well after the derby when you get more perspective and you see how the horses have run subsequently. But that said, and I've downgraded derby fields in the past and I've wound up to be better than I originally thought. Still, I think this year's derby field is extremely weak. I have seen very, very few wow moments uh if i probably know wow moments during the uh, preparation process so uh that could mean a couple things it could mean that what you see is what you get that there may only be four or five forces in this field who truly can win because the rest just are so nondescript or it could be that even those four or five their edge isn't really that great because they're just not that good Maybe it means a lot more horses are in the mix. Uh, that's what makes it a little confusing to me this year.
1: All right, we'll take a uh, we'll take them one at a time. Uh, we'll just uh, spend more time on the uh, contenders, but we will uh, have a comment on each horse. Um, we start and we'll do. We won't do it in favorite order. We'll
0: do it in post position order. We will start with Hit Show. He's improved with every start, especially with longer distances and. That's kind of indicative of what his pedigree says he should do for back at Churchill. He had trip issues versus quality foes who had much more seasoning than he did. And more importantly, even previous two-turn experience. That actually was a good race. Two back, though, in the stakes debut, he really moved forward. He had a very good pace setup and a very good trip. But he just dominated a wheat field in the Withers. Last time, he came off a 56-day break. A break by design, but a layoff even by the standards of modern American thoroughbreds. Uh, Cox did that with another one of his derby contenders, Instant Coffee, and uh, it did not work out because Instant Coffee did not run well enough to get enough derby points. But Hitchow did run well enough Walk the layoff in the wood. Uh, he had to work early to get decent position from the 12 post, and then when he rallied in the stretch, He was rough housed in a fight with a couple of physically bigger rivals. Uh, A true superstar would have won that race. uh, But Hitcho still showed a lot of gameness and quality to just miss, and he was coming at the wire. He should benefit from the experience and the exertion off that layoff. He's trained well. The problem with him, though, is his connections really feel he wants an outside trip. Uh, He's not big physically and he can be intimidated and bullied by horses to his outside, but he has the one post with 19 horses outside of him. One post is awful for anybody in the derby, but especially awful for a small horse who might be physically uh, intimidated by other horses. Uh, now, if he had drawn better to me, he would have been a viable play, even a key for me. Not that I think that even with a better post, he would be the likeliest winner, but I think his price is going to be far higher than what his true chances are. The wood has been downgraded as a Derby barometer in recent years. Uh, it has not been productive in the Derby perspective. And this season's addition has been really picked on in particular because of the long shot winner and the blanket finish. But the the horse, has genuine talent. He's tough. And he has that form cycle upside. There was a plan behind that 56-day layoff, and he can move forward off of it. Uh, I'm going to probably play a small wind saver on him, but uh, if he had drawn the 11 or the, or the 12 hole, I would be willing to take a pretty big swing with him at 27 to one, because I think he really should be more like 13,
1: 14, 15 to one. All right. Another cox horse has got the uh, the uh, two hole, and that's uh, the son of justify verifying.
0: As uh, Hitchell has been underrated to me, Verifying has been overrated his entire career, especially with the complete overreaction of many to the very moderate trouble he had in the Rebel Stakes a couple of starts back. He had nothing even when he got away from that trouble in that race. His best races have come when he's had easy trips, when slow pace involved, and he's never truly finished the race well against good competition. Yes, he had gait issues in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Maybe he doesn't relish wet seal tracks, which he faced a couple of times. And last time, he did show he could improve overall and run well without Lasix in the bluegrass. But that was a slow pace. The horse he was pressing was the 86-1 to longest shot on the board. And Verifying was game when challenged by Tapper twice. But Tapper twice had a much tougher trip, was pace compromised, and was less rested by two weeks. And Verifying gave no indication that he could beat that horse going another eighth of a mile. I don't see him improving on the stretch, but his post position inside, his sharp workouts, I think that really means he's going to use his early speed, ensure some type of pace in the uh, in the Derby. And his rider, Tyler Gaffaleone, for my money, the best American style rider in the world right now. Uh, not regarded as in the top two of the three. I think he's the best. He can ride strong, he can ride with finesse. And even more importantly, he's smart as anything. He has a plan for every race, and he has a target where he wants to put his horse early in races to get the best out of him. And he gets the horses to that target, and that allows them to to run their race. So verifying, I don't like the horse, but I love the rider.
1: Two fills uh, has the three, uh, uh, Larry Ravelli's horse, the son of Hardspun.
0: He's a big, strong horse. He has the look of an animal who's still improving. He's run eight times, one of the only two horses in the race who've run that often. Five of them have been roused. There's plenty of foundation. He was a bias eater, but he still sustained a long, wide run when he won the Street Sense on a wet seal track at Churchill last year. He moved prematurely in the Le Comte at Fairgrounds, then have lead change issues in the stretch when he was now finished by a quality rival with more recency, that one being instant coffee, a horse who should be in the derby but isn't. Uh two fills was pace and bias, compromised uh, stretching out to a mile and an eighth subsequently in the risen start. He was bumped early. He was in some traffic on the back stretch, uh kind of a jostling around trip, but he made another big but yet again premature move. Uh he was caught in the stretch, uh, did not finish well. Uh, I did not like the way he just let it go late in that race, despite his trouble. That concerned me, uh, moving forward, but he had more rest, switched to synthetic at Turfway Last time out, it was a weak field. He got a good setup. He got a good trip, but, uh, he was absolutely dominant, uh, in winning that race. He's flourished since physically, his training has been outstanding. He has perfect rest. I think a mile and a quarter is an issue especially on dirt. I think he might be a tad better on synthetic. Uh, but also a concern is his rider has had trouble managing his really big move against quality fields. And you mismanage a big move in the 20-horse field going the mile a quarter against top competition, you're in trouble. This horse has talent. Wouldn't shock me if he hits the board, but I think he has too many things going on that could compromise him.
1: Uh Confidence gain with Keith the DeSomo. DeSomo finds a way to get the horses into this race. It's amazing. He has meager stock, and he somehow gets these horses into these. I swear, if I had a, a, a horse uh, that I just wanted to get someone to get a chance to get into the derby, th- this guy would be as good a trainer as anybody. He somehow gets these horses in the race.
0: And he has great creativity in the way he trains his horses, something that's lacking in so many trainers today uh the super trainers get all the best horses uh they train them by formula uh they count down days between starts uh they they, they 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 work with veterinarians they they do all sorts of things but maybe they're not necessarily training horses in an old school way Conference game is a big framey call he's from the f- female family of zenyatta and he looks the part uh, he hasn't run in more than two months and that's because after he won the, the Rebel, uh, he was absolutely physically drained. And he's a big, framey horse. He had a growth spurt, too. It just wasn't the right time to press down on him in training and in racing. And Keith Desorme, uh he waited. Uh, he's been forced to call multiple audibles since. I guess there's some pressure to make the Derby. To be honest with you, if he was mine. I would run him in the pack day mile at Churchill around the one turn. Uh, he won going six furlongs at Churchill last year. I would prep him there and bring him back in the preakness. Uh, but evidently, uh, the feeling is they want to run in the derby. Uh, sorma worked him a mile at Churchill out of the gate three weeks ago. It was a really good work. And instead of bringing him back for continued training, he gave him some rest because he said that, I regarded that hard mile work as a prep race for him. So I treated it as such, and I gave him some time off subsequently. And there was a lot of comment like, why wasn't he training? Why wasn't he training? It was because the sormo was treating that work as a race. He's come back. He's worked really, really well. He's trained really well. This horse is really fresh, and he's crying to run. And that's really the right way, I think, to train a horse like this for a race like this. Now, even though we came from off the pace in the Rebel, though, I think with his inside draw, if he gets out of the gate, he's going to be a pace factor, too, being so fresh. Uh, I think if he wins this race, DeSormo deserves to be voted into the Hall of Fame right now, frankly, uh, because this is a hard spot to be in. And this horse could be a little bit better on the sloppy seal track. Uh, he's a wild card. He's talented. He's going to get better with time if he holds together. Uh I don't know what to do with him. I'll play him defensively deep underneath on some tickets, but I don't believe he can win.
1: Very good trainer, but uh, I don't think enough horse. Now we get to uh, the Pleasure barn. First up, Tappet Trice, uh, very, very well-regarded horse for a while, spent a lot of money on him, um, son of Tappet, uh and has you know, clearly been pointed and is uh, well-meant for this race, no question.
0: And he has Belmont's stake stamina on both sides of his pedigree, and it's reflected in how he runs. He races like a rare modern thoroughbred who really wants to go 10 and 12 furlongs on dirt. Uh, two back, he was pace and bias aided at Tampa Bay in his stakes debut against moderate competition. But regardless of circumstances, seldom do you see a horse sustain such a hard-used, long, and very wide rally at that track. It's not a track that supports that move under any circumstances. And he still blew by the field, albeit a weak one, in the stretch. And then he galloped out really well. He wanted to do more, and he should have been drained. Last time, he showed important speed figure improvements, stretching out to nine furlongs and stepping up in class to significantly tougher competition with blue rest. He got no pace help in that race. He had to be urged and hustled early to get better early position because Saez knew he could not win that race from as far back as he was at Tampa Bay. Uh, He even got stopped a little bit in the midst of that move going to the first turn. Uh, That early use in being stopped early probably took something from his finish, and he had to work hard to get a get a, a game verifying late, and verifying had all the dynamics of that race pretty much in his favor. Uh, so it was impressive that Tapper Trice was able to get there. He's still a bit green, though. He's unhandy. He doesn't fall into good position easily, and those things really could cause him some issues in a 20-horse field from an inside draw. It's all about how easily he's able to get decent early position. If he's in reasonable range, though, at the quarter pole, a couple lengths back, he's going to be very, very hard to hold off especially if he gets that position without being knocked around three or four times in traffic, Uh, because this horse will absolutely finish every single race like the strongest horse. Uh, He needs a trip. He needs one that gets him in position without having to be used hard, without having to get stopped. But if Saez manages that miracle, uh, this horse will win. Uh, I'm using him big time, but for my money, I'll play against the perfect trip. Uh, interesting, though, Saez is on tap. At Trice was on previously, Madge, and angel of empire. Uh, so even though this is Pletcher, one of Saez's main clients, it's probably significant that this is the horse he's riding because he probably could have ridden the other two if he really wanted.
1: Yep. I mean, he had a tough choice, but uh, he had, he went, you, know, you can see why. Uh, long-term, this horse probably got a better future although I like Madge myself a lot. Um, now we go to the uh, one of the other Pletchers, not the favorite, we'll get to him, but uh, also lightly raced but undefeated Kings Bond.
0: He has plenty of stamina and class in his pedigree. He's improved with racing and distance. Uh, I think he's uh, one of the more serious long-term talents in this race as well. I think he's going to get better with time. He does lack experience, though, in seasoning. He's only started three times. Uh he's only faced inferior competition throughout his career. He had a super easy trip in the Louisiana Derby. It was a big field, but he was able to make the lead easily. He got into a steady rhythm, and he's all about rhythm because he's a bit of a lumbering horse. He's not a brilliant horse. Uh he set a very, very soft pace. He rode a strong double bias. The rail in particular was awesome that day. The bias was really strong in two-turn races. Uh, he has a puncher's chance on sheer talent. If he gets that clear close to the pace or on the pace trip again, going slowly, but I think he's going to have to work a lot harder to make the lead in this matchup. He's probably going to have to pass horses. He did pass horses in his first two starts, but they weren't good horses and they were very good pace setups. They were collapsing in front of them. Uh, that's probably not going to happen on Saturday.
1: Next up is one of the Baffitt horses that goes to Yakin. uh, reincarnate this two of them the other one practical practical move that won the derby but here's the thing brett um the buzz out of california this week has been that baffet feels he has a big threat in the preakness and the belmont with national treasure who's his actually his best horse who has been returned like- to him and supposedly is flourishing since he's been returned to Baffett. And is zeroing in on the Preakness uh so that the best of the Baffitt shots is not even here that it's national treasure um reincarnate anything before we get uh move on do you uh, or do you give him anything i mean he's he's well bred but uh i don't on paper he didn't look to me like a like a winner
0: no he's not uh he Used his, his foundation and seasoning to win the sham earlier this year when trained by Baffert. Uh, but all three Santanita routes that day were won by speed. Uh, still, the pace he set was really, really fast, and he put away a sharp sprinter and outgamed the horse in Newgate, who subsequently won a stakes race. But after that race, when maybe you would expect him to move forward, he left the Bafford barn. He's not developed or improved for his new connection Uh, to back in the rebel. He had early trouble that forced him to change his style. But subsequently, he had uh, a very fast pace in his favor and a two term bias as well. A lot of people overreacted to that trouble and uh, really liked him in the Arkansas Derby. But uh, he failed to really fire hard in the stretch in that race. He was back in the pace mix with a better break. He was against the two-term bias, but he simply did not finish well at that distance. Uh, He has, I don't see the improvement in him to get a mile and a quarter. I don't see him improving right now at all, period. Uh, I do think with the way he's worked, he's going to be aggressively in the pace mix. And I think, again, ensuring that there's legitimate early fractions.
1: You know, you mentioned, Madge, before Sayers gets off. Uh, This horse has run three times has uh so he's lightly raced he has gotten in trouble in all three races uh he has gotten himself in a lot of trouble i thought his florida derby was terrific he finished second uh to forte um uh this horse even with sires getting off interests me i think he's going to be a price uh and i think he's a dangerous dangerous horse
0: he's a genuine top tier talent Uh, He showed excellent early speed as a first-time starter, beat two next-dot winners, and next-dot runner-up was the only early speed and inside all-the-way winner that day at Gulfstream out of four dirt races. Uh, But in those two route races subsequently, the Fountain of Youth and the Florida Derby, he was off slowly. Two back in the Fountain of Youth he used early to recover that position he was very wide lost a lot of ground was helped by a strong double bias but that was a, a really good race for a horse in a second start and stretching out the boot last time out off the jockey change in the florida derby he waited longer but he was off slow again in that race and that's the real concern uh that perpetual off slowness uh He probably, even in waiting longer in that race, not probably, definitely, did not wait long enough. Uh, He was helped by pace and once again a double bias, uh, but his very wide premature move was absolutely brilliant. He blew by Forte, who was in front of him early in the race, like Forte was standing still on the second turn. Absolute brilliance. He dueled in the stretch with the leader, got the lead, but was worn down late by a more uh, by a more patient and a more professional rival in Forte. Uh, this horse is really good, and his connections are underrated and super capable. But to me, the things are the lack of experience in general, the consistent gate issues, and that combination going a mile and a quarter in a race like this, I think is gonna is gonna get him in the end. Uh, he would not totally shock me if he won the race, he would surprise me because I just don't think the seasoning is there. I don't think the professionalism is there. I don't think stylistically this horse really knows what he wants to do. Is he a front runner? Is he a deep rallier? Is he a stalker? Is he a presser? I don't think he knows. I don't think his connections. know. I don't think any rider knows. And I think it's those little things that hurt you in a race like this, but his no talent question is, with the big is, field. Is
1: it's easy to get in trouble in this race and he's found trouble in a lot, a lot smaller
0: fields. And the horses who find trouble, a lot of times they tend to keep finding it. There's reasons why, mentally and physically.
1: Skinner finished third in the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, but if Sheriff sends his horse here,
0: uh,
1: now that horse also had trouble in that race. And if, if Sheriff sends his horse here, he means business.
0: He wouldn't send a horse here he doesn't like. And, you know, Mike, it was it's tr- truly unfortunate how this horse got in the field. He would have been excluded if a horse who was originally in had not broken down. But if he had been excluded, it would have been a near crime because far too many Derby bids are awarded to horses running in potentially lucrative betting markets or attracts friendly with the Derby's host. And Skinner is better easily than half the horses who are in this field. And if a horse didn't break down he would have been excluded. And there's a Philly Julia Shining, in the Oaks on Friday who is not going to be able to get in the field in all likelihood. She's better than three-quarters of that field. She won the highest grade nine furlong race for this year's class of fillies. She did that in the Demoiselle last year, and she was third in the only grade one run for three-year-old fillies this season and yet she's excluded from the race over horses that have far less impressive credentials. So really, there needs to be a board like they do for the Breeders' Cup, that when horses don't get in via the normal process, there's a spot or two left open for the ones like Skinner, and Julia Shining that fall through the cracks that really deserve to be in. Because these are classic races. It's supposed to be the best against the best. And there needs to be a fail-safe control to ensure that the best truly get in. Anyway, back to Skinner. Uh, he's, he's, He's easily better than half his field. He's all distance on both sides of his pedigree. Uh, he's improved sharply at age three. Uh, he was pace eight, but he was the only off the pace and wide all the way, way, winner out of, uh, four dirt races at Santa Anita. When he did break his maiden two back, he stepped up into a grade Two, big step up, no Lasix. He used Lasix in his maiden when he was off slow, got little pace, uh, ran against a double bias, made a very wide middle move. Uh, the leaders did not collapse like they did in his maiden race, Uh, so he did not have quite the finish. He flattened out a little bit late, but that was a good first try uh, coming back in the stakes company. Uh, Last time out, that was the race that I thought would really tell the tale. He stepped up to a grade one, stretched the nine furlongs. He got plenty of pace in that race. He was biased biased going two turns that day. He made another good wide middle move. That's what he's going to do. He did, though, again – prove unable to sustain that rally in the final 16th. Yes, the two horses who finished in front of him that day had better trips, but you still would have liked to have seen this horse with all that momentum sustain the run and punch by. I don't think he's truly top, top, top tier. But then again, Giacomo for Sheriffs at a billion to one wasn't really top tier either, and he got there. Uh, Skinner's issue is, again, that off slowness. He's chronic with it. Doesn't hurt him as much because he's willing to sit and wait. But he's not great in traffic or at taking dirt in his face. And, indeed, Sherris has really had to work with him to get used to taking a lot of dirt. And he's surely going to take a lot of dirt in a 20-horse field. This horse, this horse can win the race under the right circumstances, getting the right setup. But I think he's much likelier to be underneath. And that's where I'm using him. And I'm using him pretty significantly. I see him finishing well, not getting there, though.
1: Practical move, uh, son of practical joke, a horse that that wouldn't be uh, considered to be a classic Derby sire, but uh, a horse that has performed well so far.
0: Three back in the Los Alphi uh he found that his combination of uh, tactical, acumen, and middle-moving ability played best around two turns, much better than around one turn, because when he did move, he was attacking rivals who'd been drained from some distance racing already. Uh, He's paired up big figures in his 2023 starts, often a good sign that a horse is ready to move forward. Uh, Two back, he had an excellent inside trip on the near golden rail, was a decisive winner, really galloped out well in that race. That was a a real forward move. Last out, he stretched out to nine furlongs, had a very good pace set up, just behind a couple of no-hope long-shot speeds who set the table for him. He had another excellent mostly inside trip. Uh, He made his signature middle move. He drew clear. But at that distance, uh, he had to work really hard to hold on. He was absolutely all out to hold on in that race. Uh, The two rivals who were gaining on him, Mandarin Hero and Skinner, they haven't really proven themselves to be top tier That was a concern from a distance prowess standpoint to me. As you said, Mike, this is a big, strong horse. Uh, He he does look the part. But a mile and a quarter uh, is a concern, especially given his sire. And this horse, more than anybody in here, even Madge, has consistent gait issues. He is always getting out off kilter and going in a 20-horse field when you get off even a little bit off slow, all sorts of things can happen, especially when you're breaking in the middle of the pack like he is. Horses, you you, you get cut off in every direction. Uh, and even as much as the gait issue with him is in those small fields in California, he was super pulley, super keen, not fully relaxed at all on the backstretch. Now, Vasquez was able to get him under control. Those early uses of energy that you need at the end of races, uh, it's not a good thing in the Derby going that extra distance against that level of competition. Gate issues, lack of being able to relax perfectly early on, uh, a sire who was a miler, essentially, uh, those to me are going to really hurt practical move. Uh He has good figures, but in a race like this, you have to make tough choices. I am not using them.
1: The next three are really overmatched before we get back into the contenders. Of the three, Disarm, Jace's Road, and Sun Thunder, anything from any of the three?
0: Jace's Road, I look forward to seeing against Lesser going a mile in the 16th in, in races like the Pegasus and the Long Branch at my home track of Monmouth Park. I think he'd pick right there. Uh, Sun Thunder putting blinkers on. Uh, he'll finish... He's not very athletic. He gets into traffic. I could see him on some tickets in the third or fourth slot. Not many of the tickets, but some of them. This arm, though, uh, I was uh, talking to producer Brian Monzo earlier today, and he's an expert at pointing out horses that are going to improve at age four, and I think that's true with this horse. Uh, but I think on the day, Saturday, he has a chance to get third or fourth at a big price. He's a grinder. He will take kickback inside. And behind horses and that's really important with horses like these uh he lacks tactical handiness but he will fight through that dirt he's paired up figures two back he kept coming going a mile three sixteenths while against pace and bias last time now he returned quick and cut back an eighth of a mile just hoping to get derby eligibility points which he did he was against pace flow he spent time on the dolish rail that day uh he's going to have to return quickly once again but he's one of the horses who's really trained well at Churchill. He's really seemed to flourish. I think this horse can move forward on pedigree and style. Uh, I think he's very, very live underneath. I don't think he can win. He can be on your ticket, though.
1: All right. Angel of umpire, the Arkansas Derby winner for Brad Cox.
0: This horse has improved with each of his five dirt starts, all of them being one mile or longer. Indeed, his lone dirt loss came three back, uh, and that was hurt by a poor start. And then he was pace compromised, uh, finishing second to a loose lead, three to five favorite, who was very hot at that time in races up to one mile. That was actually a very good race and defeat. Angel of Empire found his true calling, though, stretching to Mile and Nathan in his last two. Two back in the Risen Star. He was pace and bias, ate it, but. I love the way he deftly handled traffic. He showed multiple gears. He sustained an uncommonly long final run. This horse, when he makes his move, he can do it for three eighths of a mile, if not more. Last out back at Oaklawn, he got bias help again, but he still sustained that wide and very long finishing move. Uh, while he's a bit soft on speed figures, he aces the eye test. He really does. He looks like a Derby horse. He strides longly and powerfully in a classic dirt manner. He's strong and framey. He's able to take the slide when you stride on dirt. He just I, I just love the way he moves. He's handy enough to get early position, too, without being hard-ass. That's the difference between Ian and Tappet twice. He can get mid-pack without having to work too hard. But he does need to be finessed in the gate. He's not been really balanced coming out of the gate in his last two. It might be interesting to even watch him out of the gate. You can see he's threatening to break slowly, and indeed he did break slowly, three back in that Oaklawn race. He lost, uh, so he's going to have to really be ready to go out of the gate in the big field. But this horse is improving. He's flourishing. He has the look of a horse ready to explode. He's probably going to be the third choice. I think he deserves to be vying for favoritism.
1: I, I know Forte very well. Uh, I've seen most of his races. I've bet on most of his races, um, especially in the hopeful when he caught a sloppy track and uh, got a good price at seven to one and ran a uh, what, what I thought was a, a very solid race. Um, he came back and ran a real good race in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Um, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's clearly improved, but there's still a lot of knocks on him. And a lot of people worry about him being a son of violence. They think that last, you know, distance, that last furlong is going to be a bit of an issue. Um, he's clearly a hard knocker. He's the kind of horse that's going to try every race. He's the kind of horse that's going to dance every dance, but I don't know if he's exceptional and that's why I think he, he makes the Derby very interesting. I think he's a, a good, solid, hard-knocking, real good star. I just don't know if he's an exceptional horse.
0: I completely agree with you, Mike. This horse wants to win. He wants to beat you. He's good. He's not great. And that's what makes him vulnerable. It would He would be just another contender in a better year. But he is the horse who is going to be the favorite this year. I think... He really peaked at the end of his two-year-old season. I don't think he's improved this year. I think he's been the same horse, but I don't think he's gotten better. He hasn't gone back. To me, he hasn't gotten better. Uh, He wins because he's seasoned, he's professional, he's game, he's adaptable. He is able to deal with things that might not be perfect. Uh, But he has gotten a lot of pace setups, Yeah, he's very
1: very professional, but he seems to be very fortunate to be put in the best part of the race a lot of times.
0: Indeed. Uh, His figures haven't gotten better either. So it's a combination of the eye test and the figures. Figures aren't everything, but they do mean something. And to me, the eye test hasn't moved him appreciably forward. Neither have the speed figures. Would you be surprised Uh, if he won? No, I would not be but I don't think he's going to. My stand is he is not going to win. He's going to run a good, honest race, but he's not going to win. He got double biases in both the Goldstream victories, got a very fast pace in the Florida Derby. Uh, his ability to be patient on the second term while Madge blew by him is what stood him in good stead in the stretch to be able to run down that rival. Uh, and, you know, to his credit, and again, we're saying a lot of positive things about him, to his credit, he has been the strongest finisher in all four of his two-turn victories. Absolutely, Nobody, and he's been you,
1: ultra consistent. Let's be honest. He's he's danced yes. every dance. He showed up, and he's bossed everybody around. He's done everything he can ask him to do. It, he doesn't deserve to be knocked, but I know everybody has some reservations about him, and that's what happens going into the Derby, and he gets a chance now to prove that it's all real, uh, but the distance with violence is an issue. And people just wonder about whether he's a real star or not, but there's no question he's the kind of horse you'd love to own. I mean, he's a good he's a good, hard knocking grade one who dances every dance
0: absolutely. Uh, but I'll tell you two other things about him that are a little bit more subtle. Uh, that you know I, you, to me handicapping betting, it's a game of you're building layers of reasons and the more layers you have the more reason you have to go one way or another and a couple of my layers with him are he's not great on turns he is great on straightaways that's where he does his best running now at churchill you have a super long straightaway uh for the for the stretch run but at the same time many derbies are one on the turn now because you got you have to get in position to make that stretch run now That pace could be fast enough and horses peeling away and falling apart so quickly that Forte is able to move up easily on the turn without having to work. But if he really needs a burst to get position on that second turn, that's not what he does really, really well. And secondly, in his training, it's interesting how Pletcher has finessed his training. His workouts have not been the really, really fast, hard workouts that you see with so many of the the other contenders in this race. And it gives off the impression that Pletcher has this horse exactly where he wants him to be and is just trying to keep him there. I think you're right.
1: I think think they're very confident. As a matter of fact, I know they're confident. And they think he's going to run his race. The question is, is his race so good that no one's going to beat him? Or is his race just a race that someone else can go past with a better performance?
0: I think he has the look of a horse who's good, but is going to be vulnerable all season to later developers and, or horses who are a tad better than he at a mile, and a quarter or longer.
1: Very interesting. No question. Uh, raise Kane 16, a uh, long shot, uh, Let's get to 17, bread because there's a huge issue here, and that is, and I'm not casting any shadows here about, nor do I have any clue how the Japanese train their horses or anything else, but the whole world has been getting destroyed by Japanese horses this year. Everywhere, from the Middle East to everywhere, the Japanese horses are running off the page. And that's bringing a lot of conversation about what they're doing. Who knows what they're doing? And I'm not accusing them of anything. But the Japanese horses are getting a lot of attention for that reason. And here is uh, a Japanese horse at number 17.
0: Well, what I can say about what they've been doing that I do know about is they have done right things from a breeding standpoint for a very, very long time. And the fruits of their labor, of their careful selection, of their careful breeding are really coming to fruit. And from what I know about how they train their horses, they really do it in a super, super top class manner. What they do is they spare no expense in keeping these horses uh, fit, in developing them slowly, and allowing them to flourish. And it's a different style than the American go, go, go. Let's get everything we can as quickly as we can. We spent so much money on these horses. We got to get an immediate return. We have to create a stallion. We have to do this. The Japanese truly are doing it for the sport. They want to succeed. They want to win. Uh, They're hyper, hyper competitive in how they manage these horses. And they... They care about the winning and the losing more than they care about the purse money and the stallion money. And I think that uh, competing against people who may care more about those other things, uh, the Japanese have an edge at the top level.
1: Do you think this horse is a, is a contender?
0: I think he is a contender indeed. Uh, He's the most seasoned horse in the race, along with two fills. The eight starts, they've all come at one mile or more, five of them have come at nine furlongs or more. He's won three times at a mile and an eighth or greater. He's run in three different countries too, and that's important. He hasn't just been in one place. Uh, His sire was an outstanding sprinter most of his career, really good horse, but eventually did stretch out and actually ran his best speed figures going a mile and a mile and an eighth against quality competition at the end of his career. So, I mean, that's interesting. I remember him as a sprinter and as a horse who routed decently at the end of his career, but I didn't realize how well he really went wrong. Uh, Dermas is third off a layoff. He has plenty of rest. He's very versatile. He handles left-handed turns. He handles kickback. He handles traffic. He's tactical. He has excellent bursts of speed. He has excellent acceleration. Uh, four starts back, he showed that acceleration. He was in hopeless traffic, and he just burst through, and with a huge accelerative move, caught Continuar, one of the no-hopers in the derby. Now, people will point out, oh, he only beat Continuar by a nose, but in terms of how that race was actually run, he was tons, tons, tons the best, and he's gotten better since then, and Continuar, his fellow Japanese horse, has not. Uh, The only time Dermasudagaki ever was on the lead was last time in the UAA Derby when he took advantage of a paceless field and a bias, but that's not necessarily his style. He did do anything. And as you said, Mike, these Japanese horses, they've exploded at the top level No question. on multiple continents in recent years. Uh, I mean, this horse is, re- I, I, I can't tell you for sure the quality that he's beaten, though on paper the Japanese competition looked pretty good, uh, but I can't honestly truly evaluate it. I think this horse is good. I don't think the field is great. I think on that basis, he's very, very dangerous.
1: Yeah, I think so. Listen, everyone, you you, you, you dismiss the Japanese horses at your peril because they are winning everywhere. Uh, Casa Creed got beat by a Japanese horse uh, by a nose in, in, in the wintertime. Uh, they are running very well, and they're winning everywhere around the world, so there's no question. Belmont has Rocket Can. Uh The uh, horse that finished second in the Fountain of Youth went out and ran uh, an okay uh, Arkansas Derby. How about Rockin' Can? Is it a dangerous horse or over his head?
0: Over his head. He hasn't finished especially strongly in any of his two-turn races against good competition. Three back, his holy bull win was aided by a very strong bias and pace flow. It was accomplished versus a very soft Ray Three field. Uh, two back, he wrote another strong bias in the Fountain of Youth. He was catch at all for the layoff returning forte. Uh, he did run a career best in that race, looked to be moving forward at least. The last time in the, in the Arkansas Derby, he was wide. He gamely kept grinding. I'll give him that. But it was very telling to me that he just did not move forward in that stretch to nine furlongs. I don't think he's good enough on talent. He's putting blinkers on bots using that card, but I don't think the source is strong enough on talent or stamina.
1: What um, is the favorite. We mentioned the ones that are also getting played a lot. What's your thoughts overall now? Who's the most likeliest winner?
0: I think Angel of Empire is the likeliest winner. I don't say it with a ton of confidence uh, because I don't think his edge is great, but I think he's just a touch the likeliest winner. Maybe Co likeliest winner with Tapa Trice, but he's going to be a bigger price, and that's what gives him the edge. Uh, I like, he he looks like a derby horse to me, and all things being equal, that matters. Uh, Tapa Trice is a really, really good horse, uh, but he still has some handiness issues. He still has some greenness issues. Uh, I fear him a lot, but I think that those little quirks are going to get in the way. I see Angel of Empire if he gets out of the gate, being a little more professional.
1: Angel of the Empire, tap it thrice. Who's underneath?
0: Windsaver with hit show, certainly using him underneath. I might be laughing at myself afterwards with him breaking from the one post, but I think he's going to be vastly, vastly under regard, odds-wise. Uh, key users underneath are going to be Skinner, who I think will pick up pieces, Forte, just, just out of respect, and I know this horse is a gamer, and he's going to try. Brad, let so, me stop uh,
1: you for a second. Practical move is out of the Derby. This just came over. He's running a temperature. Um, Cyclone Mischief is in. So practical uh, move is out. Uh, the the uh, San Anita Derby winner, he's out, and Cyclone Mischief has drawn in.
0: Well, that's. I mean, I hope uh, he's okay. Practical move. I hope he's all right and recovers and his back racing, racing well. But that's a blow uh, to people who are looking to bet against him, which I was. He was going to be on none of my tickets, and he was going to be taking a major amount of money. Do so you that's like Cyclone Mischief? At all, not 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 one bit after this. Okay, he's, so he's back, back to your up.
1: you you have obviously Forte behind Angel the Empire and Tap It thrice. You mentioned two other horses prominently, uh, Hit Show and Disarm. Uh,
0: hit Show, Disarm, Skinner, Derma, Sonagaki, and two fills will be other horses underneath for me. And you most likely disarm, of the long run-
1: shots to hit the board is
0: hmm. I I would say Skinner and disarm. Skinner and disarm. Okay. After, 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 after after hit show, I will put them as a group because I'm not going to distinguish between them on tickets. It costs very, very little on super and try tickets to add two or three horses in that slot. So are you buying this
1: hype on national treasure being that good?
0: No, he's not that good. I do think he's the best of the Baffert horses He's a horse he has been an underachiever so far. He's always given off hints of promise, hints of he can do better next time. He gets into he has little issues in his races set up and pace wise. I do think when he grows up mentally and physically, he will be the best of the Baffert horses, but I don't see him as a monster or a superstar. You
1: got it. All right, Brad, thanks very much. We'll talk to you along the way. We'll uh, talk to you in a couple weeks for the preakness. Enjoy Derby Day.
0: You too. Take Thank care. Thank you, guys.
1: Brad Thomas, who joins us. Uh, each week so the move practical move out the Santa Neva Derby winner with the temperature we know that it's been a tough week at Churchill Downs with horses being euthanized uh, the horse is running a temperature and has been replaced you want obviously you don't want a horse that's ill in the race uh, that's a very tough listen it's hard enough to get a horse in this race to get a horse there and, you know, run the gamut that it takes to get into this race over really two years. You're planning with a two-year-old that you, once you hear a two-year-old's good, you're planning his two-year-old year. Now you've, th- you've gone through the process. He has separated himself in workouts. Now you start to, you give him his maiden race, he shows promise. Now you start to plan how you want to bring him up to his three-year-old year. That's all you're trying to do. You're not trying to win any particular race as a two-year-old. You're trying to get him ready, okay, for his three-year-old year uh, and also get him on the derby trail where he's getting some buzz because you need to have that That's part of the program. The bottom line is you're going to make your move. Right now, the way this is set up, you really only have to target one derby prep If you finish first or second in any of those derby preps, you're in the derby. So really, that's all you have to do. You can go pick one of the preps, one of the different ways to go in. You can go in from Florida. You can go in from Arkansas. You can go in from New York. You can go in from Kentucky. You can go in a couple of places from Kentucky. You can go in from New Orleans. There's plenty of ways to get in. And then you get there finally and you get sick. That's a tough blow. It really is a very. I always feel for any owner and any connection that has that happen because you know what? It's very hard to get a horse. We know it's very hard to get, you know have a little racing luck. We know with High Oak how tough it has been. Um, I'm asked about High Oak all the time. If you'll see High Oak on Derby Day is entered in a Grass Stake at Belmont. I'm going to be honest with you. This is a a really just a trial and error move. We do not we do not have we do not have uh, any confidence with him right now um, since his terrible terrible uh, fall in the Fountain of Youth after you know he was a serious Derby contender. We felt there was no question he was going to be one of the top four or five contenders to win the Derby. He had run great against the best two-year-olds. He uh, had run the best two-year-old race the year before. Um, Then he got, you know, he clipped heels and did a flip and almost broke his neck. What we didn't know is how much damage has been done to the horse's psyche mentally. He has not come back and run at all. A couple of times we've put him on the racetrack, he has not raced against any competition because he has backed away from the competition because he's, he's been scared of getting hurt again. So this has been in his head. So now we're trying a different tack on the grass just to see if somehow we can get him past this issue because of how much promise we know he has physically. He could be one of the best horses in the country if he can get past this. We can't get him past it. So we're trying a different avenue. So he might be up the track again. I am not telling you to bet on him. Uh, And if he wins at 50 to 1, hey, don't think I had any money on him because I didn't because I don't have any confidence this is going to work. No one does. We just don't know what's going to work with him. It's a very odd trial and error because he trains well, and then he goes to the races and he won't run. And it's not that they're faster. They're not faster. He just doesn't wish to compete, and that's what we're trying to get him past. So it's just a very strange situation, but it just shows you what goes into sometimes into racing. You know, uh, you know every horse has a very, very dis- different personality, but this is where he had as bad a fall as you can have. It, it probably should have killed him, and it did ruin his racing career uh, because he's never done anything since, uh, and we've waited a year and a half, but we've kept trying because he's got so much potential. And he's a, you know, when you see him in the paddock and stuff, hey, he looks the part. He looks the part of a champion. He's a beautiful horse. And he's a very talented horse. But who knows? We'll see what happens. You know, we have that leading up to the race. It's a very odd situation. Like we said, we're going to run them on the turf, uh, weather permitting. And with the weather last two weeks, who knows if they will be on the turf because, my God, we've had so much rain, including more today. Um, There's your derby. Uh, They will have everybody's picks up on the uh, Bet Rivers app. By Friday, for all the different folks, will have their picks up. Uh, so we'll give them ours, too. They'll be up there then. Um, you heard from Brad and his analysis in depth of all the different horses. Um, like I said, I am partial to Forte. I've liked Forte, and I've made a lot of money with Forte because I've bet on him. Uh, Rapoli loved him early in his two-year-old year. He told me he was going to be special. He was right. Everyone kind of overlooked him in the hopeful. He won it 7-1 and won easy. Um, and he's gone on to keep winning since then. Is he good enough? Is he someone who's going to get the distance? He's not bred for the classic distance. He's not from a classic, you know, derby sire. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting. But he has done everything right so far, and he's highly competitive and highly professional. And that's two of the things you can ask on any horse. We'll see you later.
0: Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.
1: Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet
0: Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today wherever you get your podcasts.